Ear splitting before match point. Londa. Chin. Turn back and Purdue wins. Setting up Peterson again. Block. Boilermakers do it. They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. The block by Purdue and the Boilermakers are moving on. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Uh, coach, we've got a, a lot to talk about this week. We're going to touch on the, the senior class, its its unique makeup, and and uh, what a what a sort of interesting four years they've had, uh, and how much of an impact they're having on on the program right now. First, we need to talk about what's happened in the last sure. week. Uh, you guys. Uh, First of all, amazing atmosphere, great crowd Friday night in a, in a three-set sweep over Minnesota. Um, we won't dwell on that win too much. Um, it was a big win for the, for the team, of course. Uh, major change in your lineup that night as, as you had Grace Balancefer in the starting lineup at, at center because Meg Renner was unavailable. First of all, at what point did you know that it was going to be Grace's show to run? Probably midweek. Okay. Uh, we knew um, injury to Meg took place on Monday, and then we realized there was going to be a process to, to get her back, and uh, she would not be back, really ready to go on, on Friday. And uh, Grace stepped up beautifully. But before we really talked about Grace, the environment that we had in the gym mm-hmm. that night was a factor yeah. in, in that match. And really, nobody really likes coming to this gym that we have here, Holloway Gym. It's tight, um, but it's, it's, it's a wonderful place to play volleyball, don't get me wrong. But the fans are on top of the floor. And, and I've been telling our students for years that you want to be a difference maker as, as a uh, Purdue student in, in athletics, be a volleyball fan because you will absolutely be heard when you're in that gym. And, and on that night, it was, it was magical. And I thought that our team played great. The fans were, were incredible. And uh, it was just a magical night to beat a team that is that talented. Yes. Minnesota is extremely talented, big, physical, uh, very well coached, incre- incredible tradition. And uh, it was great to, to sit back and watch our team play as well as it did that night. So let's not take anything away from that effort because it was a great effort by our team. What I talked to you about off the air is let's not get ahead of ourselves, okay? I mean, we get catapulted from, uh, I think, 11th or 12th in the poll up to 5th. And I, I'm gonna, and I told you last week we weren't that good. Yep. Okay, and I'll tell you again, we're not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope by the end of the mm-hmm. season we're that good. But we have a lot of work to do. Um, but, you know, r- rankings are just what they are. They're, they're a bunch of people doing their very best to try to look at what the results are and, and pick without really knowing what every team is all about. Um, I hope that we continue to play at a very high level. Uh, I, I like this team. They play great together. They work hard. They push puts the right buttons on each other to get them to, to compete. And they're out to prove something. You know, we, we still were the team that was picked eighth in the Big Ten. Right. And we could still finish eighth in the Big Ten. Nothing's been determined yet. I mean, we're, we're 2-0, and and we're happy to be 2-0 and because that's putting us a little bit ahead of the curve where people th- thought we were going to be. Um, and I told our group, you know, in, in the locker room that, that – after that Iowa match, I said, trust me, 
this win was every bit as important as the win you got over Minnesota. It may not look like that to, to the general fans, but it's hard to go to Iowa and win. Their team is so much better than anybody would expect. And, uh, and, and we're playing without our starting setter for the most part going in. Now, she did play some in that match. And our starting libero, who's been one of our very, very best players. And so we got to go in on the road to Iowa in the Big Ten opener with a bunch of people who play in new positions. Um, I knew it was going to be a challenge, but I was really proud of the way our kids uh, performed on, on both those nights. A great, great weekend. The recurring theme we've seen a lot this year is uh, your success in, in really close sets. Um, you know, volleyball's a, a strange sport in that you can beat somebody 25-12 and then find yourself in a, in a six-point hole yeah. in the next set because it's, it's resets or regenerates. It's, yeah. Every set tells its own story. Well, twice against Minnesota Friday night, you, you took two-point sets at 25-23 and 32-30. Yeah. That's been happening over and over this year. This team has the, the knack, it seems, to, to pulling out those close late sets. Well, that's a tradition that needs to continue yeah. because that's the real key to success in a league like the Big Ten when you really have 10 or 11 NCAA-capable teams. We won't get that many in because it's impossible. It's mathematically impossible to have RPI numbers to get that many teams in. But there are that many teams in our league that are capable of playing in the NCAA tournament. But uh, you're going to be in a lot of close matches. And we were at Iowa. And we will be at Indiana. And we will be at Maryland, and we will be when we go to Penn State. We will be, in, you know, when Michigan comes here. We're going to be in close, close matches and close sets, and that's why at the very beginning of the season, one of the things I talked to our team about is, are you going to be tough enough to win the close ones? Because that will dictate your success in this league. So far, so good. Uh, you talked about. We started this conversation talking about Grace. Just uh, uh, yeah. she was named Big Ten Center of the Week for, yeah. for her efforts this past week. Coming off the bench hasn't started for you yet this year before last Friday, correct? Correct. And and that's just such a tribute to her and the work that she's putting in, the, the talent that she has always had. I know you. we were talking last week, you said, you know, the, the hitters love mm -hmm. her sets. She sets a beautiful ball, so yeah. that's not a concern. Um, just her performance this week and to see her step up like that, what's that mean to you? Well, it doesn't happen if she doesn't have four years of experience starting every match at Northern Illinois where she was in competitive environment every night. You know, the max, not the Big Ten, yeah. but it's all relative. She was in competitive matches every night. She was fighting her tail off to win. They didn't win their fair share at Northern Illinois while she was there. Probably under 500, okay? So they were in a brawl every time they stepped on the floor. The little five foot eight inch Grace Balancefer had to do everything she could to help her team win. And when I talk to coaches in the, the MAC, they'll very quickly say she was the best setter in the MAC. Um, that, that she delivered a great ball. And then she's got this swagger about her, this air of confidence and toughness that our team needed. We needed that from her. You know, that infusion from her, the infusion from Hannah Clayton, the infusion from uh, Brielle Warren, who's just a bad, bad, tough kid, okay, in, in all the positive right, ways, all okay. The best ways. Eva Hudson, you know, all you gotta do is watch her play for, for five points uh -huh. and realize what she brings to the team. And then those other kids are maturing, the seniors we'll talk about in, in a little bit, but um, 
this is all about toughness. This is all about you know playing your very very best when it needs to be played, and that's that's how you win some of those close matches. But Grace is somebody that that gets a lot of that done, not just on match night, but in practice. She raises the level of everybody, and uh, and, and like I say, she she believes in herself, and that's the only way you can perform in, in the role that she's in right now. So much of that comes through it, uh, on the competition floor. You can see how hard they're working in practice. You can see, you know just because you've got kids coming off the off the bench or, or starting a match that they weren't necessarily planning on and, and there's no drop off. Yeah. Um, and and you know, I don't remember having four or five injuries to key people in the first five weeks of the season like yeah. we have this year. Okay. I mean maybe it may just be four, but it was it was Maddie Cook, it was Maddie Chin, it was uh, Meg Renner, and it was Maddie Skimmerhorn. Those people are all in the lineup. And, and they've all been out for at least you know a couple of, of matches. So um, people have stepped up, and that's why you know um, we carry 17 players on our roster mm -hmm. is to make sure we've got good personnel, and and that's why we expect everybody to work hard in practice so they're ready when their number is called. Somebody whose number got called a whole lot Friday night. Again, you mentioned Eva Hudson, uh, 21 kills in in three sets is. Mm -hmm. That's doing some work against a team like Minnesota. I, I saw her hit a couple balls that I I didn't I haven't seen often yeah. in uh, in my time watching volleyball. She's she's you know just continues to perform uh, above and beyond. Bigger the match, the better she's going to be. Yeah, I mean that's that's just who she is. The bigger the match, the better she will be. And and here's the best thing about it. We talked about this uh, last week that. You know, you asked, well, what happens now when everybody has 10 matches of her to look at? Well, the best thing she does is tool the block. So the more hands that are in front of her, the better she becomes because she just figures out which hands she's going to use. And so it's not like people are going to have an advantage now because they've seen her. And I don't know what shot she's going to hit. There are players on my team I can tell you what shot they're going to hit in a certain situation. Have no idea what shot Eva Hudson's going to hit in situations because she's got such a wide range, and uh, so it, it's you know it's she's always going to be very very good because she has that ability to tool the block in so many different ways, and then also hit around the block. Yeah, her inside angle shot is great. Her line shot is great. Her off speed shot is great. Not to mention all the shots she has where she you know massages the block. She had one day Friday night in the third set where um, there was a block uh, above her. I'm not sure if she missed time to jump or if it was a, a bad set, but she was she was out of rhythm. Yeah. So she just popped it up over and you know knew where the spot was. Inch perfect. Yeah. Right behind the block. Yeah. Knew exactly where the spot was and hit it. It yeah. was it was it was awesome to see uh, from a veteran player, much less a, a, a kid that's been on campus for six weeks. Yeah. Um, okay, like you said, you went to Iowa. Uh, four set win over Hawkeyes, so two and zero on the season, um, in the Big Ten season, uh, of course. Now you turn your attention pretty quick. You mentioned this on on your Monday press conference already. You know, you go to Illinois. There's there's no resting on the laurels here. It's it's okay. Let's get ready for a tough environment in the Fighting Illini and a, and a team that's uh, maybe uh, an opponent that's right for being overlooked in some eyes. They're they're not in the top twenty five this week. They're they're a bit down by their standards, but uh, certainly, certainly a good team. Yeah, I think it's really too early to even know. I mean, fans might be speculating a little bit. Uh, sometimes your home, home fans are the ones who are a little quick to, to pull the trigger on how good your team is going to be. This is almost the exact same team we played twice last year. Uh, their right side player left. They had a really good right side player. Okay. 
that graduated, okay? They hoped that she would stick around, or maybe she did stick around for a fifth year. She just didn't have a sixth. Uh, you don't get six very often, okay, unless you're uh, Aiden O'Connor. But um, uh, they brought in a kid from Missouri, six foot four inch right side player. So basically, you add her, and then they, they have a new libero. Uh, Barnes is her name, the sister of the libero that played at Wisconsin, was an All American. So I'm not feeling sorry for him, okay? I mean, I, they always play as really, really tough, and they are big and physical, and they serve the, the tar out of the ball, and they block really well, and they have. I think probably going to be the, the best left side hitter we've seen all season. And we have seen some good ones. We saw Louisville. We saw Minnesota. And we've seen some other ones in between on, on some of these other squads. But this girl, Raina Terry, is as physical of a player as you're going to see all season long. And uh, obviously, we, it starts with trying to make sure that she doesn't tear us apart. But they've also got another left side, a couple of left side hitters, and Nunji and Mosier, who are both playing some right now. Middles, the same two middles that have been starting the last couple of seasons for them, and uh, and a fourth year, fourth or fifth year setter. I'm not sure what it is, um, but a really good player, Diana Brown, who's out of the Columbus area that I've, I've known for a long time. Um, they've got a really good volleyball team, and. Uh, They've stubbed their toe a couple of times, and I, I haven't watched all those matches to see why. Um, but they serve really tough, and they've got big physical offensive players. You've got to pay attention to all of them, and it will be a real Donnybrook over there. 2-0, the Big Ten as well, after starting last week with wins over Maryland. They beat two good teams, Corey. Maryland and, and Northwestern, yep. the start of the season, I think everybody had them either in the NCAA tournament or knocking on the door. Uh, because our league is so tough. But uh, they were at home for both those. So they, they start the season with three straight home Big Ten matches, which is a good recipe to getting off to a good start. Uh, we hope that we can go over there and, and disrupt that some. Then you'll return home Sunday to take on Rutgers. Uh, uh, we won't look ahead too much to that match because I know the focus is, is on Illinois. Um, how are the Scarlet Knights doing this year overall? Well, they didn't have a real good non-conference. Um, experience in my opinion um, and then they jumped up and beat Michigan State on on Sunday which I, I was a little, a little surprised by because I thought Michigan State had done a really good job of rebuilding with their new coach and uh, they had knocked off uh, either North Carolina or Duke somebody during the the course of the season and I know that everything I see on social media about Michigan State is is always really really good so um, but uh, that was a really good win Rutgers needed that win really good really, really well, uh, or really badly, I guess I should say. Sorry about all that that uh, stuff. But um, like I said, we haven't thought much about them yet, except we know we got them at home for a matinee start on Sunday. But uh, right now, 100% of our focus is on Neil and I. So be your second straight week of Big Ten play where you are home for a match and on the road for a match. Do you? I know that the, the Friday-Sunday split is something that you like, get that, get that extra day of rest and prep in there. Um, how do you like the home travel split? Yeah, I really like the way our schedule is set up. Uh, we can't control the Big Ten schedule. Right. So you're at mercy of, of the way the, the computer lays it out for you to some extent. And I like that, and I haven't done the research, maybe you have, I don't know that we play back-to-back -back nights all season in the Big Ten. There might be one weekend that we do, but I don't know that we do play back-to-back. -back. And I think, number one, that helps your athletes. It helps them stay healthy without having to play back-to-back -back nights all season long. I like the fact that we're not away from home for two weekends in a row. Yep. Okay, that you know you're gonna you know you, you may be going away, 
but you're back. And I think that's good for attendance um, for our fans too, that sometimes it, well, I, I'm not going to go Friday and Saturday, watch the same, you know, watch, watch them play. Most of our fans will, but some of them, you know, there's high school football. There's all kinds of things going on that it's Jeez, hard. Yeah. Other, yeah. So I, I, I think that helps. I think it's a good move. I don't know if it was intentional. Uh, I think it was just a luck of the draw for us this time. But we do have a lot of those weekends you're talking about. We're here for, for one, on the road for the other. I'm fine with that. And, and the other thing is we're not doing a lot of traveling. It's like so far we went to Iowa. That was a 45, 50-minute you know, flight there. Uh, and, and the same back, we're driving over to, to um, Illinois uh, tomorrow. Um, of course, stopping at the, the beef house on the way over there, but that's a 90-minute trip over there. The following week, I think we're going down to IU, yep. uh, uh, which is you know two hours and back. So, I like our schedule. We're not, you know our season won't be dictated because we had a lousy schedule. Uh, now the only thing is. The teams that are right now starting to form at the bottom, based on what non-conference and conference looks like, we're only playing those teams once. Now that that hurts you as far as what your record might be and your standing might be in in the in the Big Ten, True. but it helps you with the all-powerful RPI. Okay, and uh, so you know it's it's kind of a uh, love-hate type thing, but uh, we I think in the long run it's a good thing for us. Yeah, I think a lot of that. Two is dictated by TV, which you, you to uh, a quick note on TV before we get to the senior class that your match at Iowa was on ESPN. Uh, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Not to be on ESPN two or ESPN U or FS one, the, the the flagship station for ESPN to, to showcase right. college volleyball is a big deal, and the numbers deliver. Uh, I looked at the TV ratings last night, and, yeah. and it, that match won the time slot. On cable television, awesome. Um, that match had about two hundred thirty thousand viewers. Wow, which is a it's a that's a big yeah, number. That's in the middle that, of Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that's great. And here's the other thing: is that was only the seventh volleyball match ever played or, or shown on ESPN. Yeah, seventh in the history of of the sport and of, of the network. And I, that surprised me. I thought they'd done some a lot more. They weren't even doing. They haven't done many of the NCAA championships. On ESPN, they put those on ESPN too. too. Right. So I think that the word's out yeah. about the sport. I think so, and it's, it's nice because you've been shouting it for years. Mm -hmm. It's good that uh, good that other people are starting to take note. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now back to the show. Let's go ahead and take a look at. The senior class is one thing we wanted to touch on today before we get too far. You know, we've talked about a lot of people. We haven't talked about a lot of these people, certainly as a collective. Yeah. It's, it's six players that came in together, mm -hmm. and uh, they came in as a highly touted class, right? They were a top mm -hmm. ten recruiting class in the country, mm -hmm. um, and all six of them are still here, yeah. which is kind of awesome when you look at what the last four years has been on campus, has been on your roster, you know, if any of them wanted to, to pull the, the, the transfer papers, they they had the opportunity and nobody probably could have blamed some of them, but they all decided to, to stick together and it's, it's paying off. Go look at the top 25 recruiting classes from 2019 and tell me how many have every player still on their campus. And as you mentioned, we've been through a lot together. Yeah, we've yes. been through COVID together. Um, we've been through 
players staying longer than they were supposed to, which squeezed some of them out of positions. Um, there's just been a lot that you know that that's gone on during the course of their time here, including two, a Sweet 16 their freshman year and Elite Eight their sophomore and junior years, and now um, we're going to follow them and, and see where they take us. And I I talked to a couple of them last night when I was in a in a drill where I'm working on these hitters getting their feet to the ball better, outside hitters. I had um, Cook and Chin and. Uh, Brielle Warren and Rastovsky. Emma Ellis had class, so she wasn't quite there at the start of practice. But I told them, I said, Cook, Chin, and Ellis are going to dictate our direction still on this team. You know, you can talk about Eva Hudson, you can talk about Grace Balancefer, and you can talk about Skimmerhorn and, and Raven Colvin. They get a lot of the attention. But those three pin hitters that we've been talking about as the three headed Hydra for a long, long time. They're the ones that are still going to dictate. They have still so much talent and potential to get better. And now that they're going to be more regular in the lineup, okay, they're going to get that time. This is their time to really blossom and learn. And 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 but but it's a very short window. Yeah. I mean, we're already past the third the thirty three percent mark in this season, okay. And I tell them at the start of the season, you're going to be amazed how fast this season goes. And uh, so <clears throat> those guys. You know, it's a class I'll never forget. Those six people. Now, now, obviously, Meg Renner, redshirted, so she is not classified as a senior. She's a redshirt junior. Uh, but those people are going to be the reason that we succeed this season because of who they are, how they've worked, how unselfish that they have been, what they do all the time during practice. Take the smallest person on our team, Ava Torrance. Ava Torrance has played less than the rest of them. Okay. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, she developed every day, and now we have to, you know, we were going to play her anyway Friday, but we're going to play her in the right back position. Well, she has to play middle back because yeah. that's our best lineup at that time. She's chomping at the bit to do whatever she can to help help this team, and she just sometimes quietly, sometimes not so quietly, you know, leads this team in her way. And you can go right across the board with those guys, whether it's Skimmerhorn in the libero position, Renner at the setting position, or those three outside hitters <clears throat> doing what they're doing. But at the end of the day, they're going to decide our fate this season, those those six players. I, I love that story about, about <clears throat> Ava because you're right. I mean, <clears throat> come, comes in, wants to be a part of the team. She's mm -hmm. five foot one, yeah. and that's her, that's her roster height. So let me tell you, not five let me tell you about Ava. Ava. Ava called me and wrote me probably 50 times. She wanted to come to Purdue. Yeah. And we had all these backcourt players, as, as we normally do. This year is a rare exception, only four. Normally we have six, seven, eight of them. Right. And we had them lined up. And I said, I, you know, I, I just don't think that we need you. I said, I'm not going to rule you out. Let's just wait. She kept calling. She kept writing. She kept calling. She kept writing. And I finally came to the conclusion. And she was playing libero for Avon, which was a, a state powerhouse. She was playing team. libero on her Circle City club team. So I, I, I just felt like, you know, somebody wants to be here that bad. And she said, I don't care what happens. I just want to be part of the team and do whatever I can to help, help the volleyball program. And, and that's just what she's done. I mean, she's been true to her word. And um, and now here she is. She's in the in the bright lights and playing on the Big Ten Network. Those are the and ESPN. And ESPN. Those are the stories that you just that really warm your heart as a coach and as a fan. You know, to see somebody who's, who's playing 
because they love the game, they want to help the team. Mm-hmm. And they spend four years doing whatever is asked of them, and mm-hmm. the, she's finally getting you know her, yeah. her well time in rotations. Yeah. Well-deserved. And, and she's performing because, like you said, all yeah. she does is come to practice every day and work on getting better. Yeah. And she has. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, I but, the, but the key to success for all those people, and you know, I could say most, you know, almost all players we have here, but the reason those guys have been loyal and the reason they're still here and the reason they're still so functional is their family. Okay, they, they come from terrific families. And, you know, if, if, if it's so easy to, to, to bail out. And, and I'm not saying everybody that, that leaves is making a mistake. I'm, I'm not a believer in that, okay? Yeah. Yeah. I used to think, I don't want anybody to leave. It makes the program look bad. No, it doesn't. They're leaving everywhere, okay? And because now it's it's about the student athlete and what you know the, the rules are to, to help them get where they need to be. Um, but I still also believe that you know staying with it, sticking with it, dealing with adversity. Um, it's not always about you, um, but that comes from good parents and, and good families to get those kids to understand. And those guys are all going to be better. You know, I look, you know, I always talk about, you know, Penn State went undefeated a couple of years, you know, and, and won every match. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure they, won, they learned a lot during that. I also believe you learn more when you struggle. Yeah. You know, you talk about going back in your life at all the times in your life that things didn't go the way you wanted it to and you, you faced adversity and you felt like, man, this is not going to work. And then eventually you push through and, and that pays off down the road for you. And so there's nothing wrong with getting beat. There's nothing wrong with not getting what you want as fast as you want it. It, it normally it, it makes you better down the road and helps you in life. It's been awesome to see that from every member of this class. Yeah. They've all got their own version of that story. Um, yeah. And, and and like you said, the season's going to go uh, where they take it. Yeah. Well, look how good Skimmerhorn is. Oh yeah. Okay. And she played two, for the last two years. She was on the floor for two rotations. Now she was okay with that, but she wanted more. Yeah, of course. But never complained about it. He never had you know, a sour look on her face. Now she blows up, and I'll, I tell you, she's one of the three best liberals in the Big Ten Conference. I'm just telling you right now. Boilermakers head to Illinois Friday night to take on the Fighting Illini on Big Ten Plus, and then they're back here uh, Sunday afternoon to take on Rutgers. Uh, that, that game also will be streamed on Big Ten Plus. Um, if you... If you you know, Champagne's only about ninety minutes away from Lafayette. We've got to we've got to get some people over there, and then there are a lot of boilermakers in that part uh, of the state of Illinois. Uh, but ninety minutes, the football team's on the road the next day. There's not going to be a lot of you know stuff going on here that night on campus. I, I would love to see a lot of black and gold over there because they're going to have a big crowd there. They won their first two Big Ten matches. They're starting to feel pretty good about things. Their students, they have one of the best student crowds in in the country, and uh, we need to make sure that Boilermaker Nation is represented over at Huff Hall on Friday night. There it is. There's the call to action, folks. Get out there, uh, support your Boilermakers, and and cheer on Coach Sean Dell and his team. Coach, thank you. We'll do this again next week. All right, Corey. Thank you. Boiler up.